Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you reflect and think about the business, not just do the business. What I try to do is take different topics, topics that I think are especially relevant to the time, to your business, to many of the things I'm hearing from some of the best of the best remodelers. Some of the topics are at a high level, and some of them are down in the trenches. This particular podcast that I'm doing today is part one of a series that I'm going to be doing over the course of the next couple of months. And it's focused on remodeling sales mastery, not just the mastery of the business. Special shout out and thanks to my friends at Professional Remodeler, as well as many of the different technologies and folks out there that are really helping you improve your business. You know, technology, as it comes to the business, has become much, much more than something to be more efficient. It's something to be more effective. It's something to be uh, differentiate yourself from other remodelers out there. So I encourage you to think about it from that point of view or through those lenses, and you're going to be much more successful. So why am I getting into this particular kind of subset of remodeling mastery focusing on sales. Uh, as many of you have heard, there are three primary things that I encourage right now more than ever with your business, given kind of the little bit of uh, herky-jerky or wonky kind of times we're in. Uh, and that is, number one, you've got to be focused on marketing. You've got to deputize. You've got to put the right amount of calories, not just money, calories into marketing efforts and lead generation efforts in your business. Second is you've got to be better at sales. You can't be order taker like you were a year ago. You've got to sharpen that sales axe and sharpen the sales skills. And therefore, this is part of this five-part series I'm going to be doing on sales mastery. And then third, you've got to have operational excellence. you got to have your act together. And what I found in 2022, that about 20%, 30% uh, of the businesses out there not only had good years, record years, but also record profits. And it's because all three of those boxes were good and solidly checked off. So with that being said, I really am interested in helping you understand sales a little bit better. Now, as many of you know, my roots are, like some of you, not necessarily in the sticks and bricks, not necessarily from a carpentry background. My roots are in design and in architecture. And when I got into this business many, many years ago, what I loved to do was design stuff. I loved to design, you know, additions and kitchens and different kinds of projects. And what I found was that my ability to do those had a lot to do with me getting commitments from the client or selling the project, selling the design contract. I was fortunately exposed to some individuals early in my career that I said, wow, they come from more of a specialty environment of sales, and they have sales skills. They use sales techniques. They have a sales process that they go through, and guess what? They get more projects. And since I love design, that's really was my motivation. It wasn't necessarily to wear a, a new badge that I was a salesperson at that point. But what I came to the conclusion was that, you know, we're all salespeople. 
Uh, some of us are just better than others. And, and I've done talks about this. Think about this. You know, was Steve Jobs a great salesperson? Of course he was. But you didn't necessarily see that on his resume. What about Oprah? Was she a great salesperson? Of course she is. But again, that's not necessarily how we identify who she is. How about even some of the religious leaders or some of the spiritual leaders like Gandhi? Was he a good salesman? Probably one of the best salespeople out there. So I share this not to necessarily uh, uh, add any connotations to anything, but part of this notion of becoming a world-class salesperson is having uh, getting rid of some of the head trash and, quite frankly, giving yourself the permission to be better at it, giving yourself the permission to become a student of sales, not necessarily just some activity that you have to do to get projects. So in this five-part series, I'm going to take different themes. I'm going to take different concepts, but I'm also going to go down in the trenches with some, I think, some really, really good, solid techniques and tips that you can put into place the next day. So this first one I want to talk about today uh, is something that I actually received about five or six years ago. Uh, I received it as a little e-blast on something, and it, and it was titled, 10 Things That Require Zero Talent. 10 Things That Require Zero Talent. And you kind of think about that for a minute. You know, one of the obstacles be between getting better at something and worse at something is the fact that how much energy that does it require? How much talent does it require to really be good at this? I hear this from a lot of people. Oh, that person's a born salesperson. That person is has so much better sales acumen. Well, I'm going to begin this podcast by talking about 10 that really don't require. And here's the little bit of secret sauce. 80% of your success in sales are about doing these 10 things well. So number one on my list, and these are pretty simple. You should write them down, but they are pretty simple, is be on time. Now, this sounds almost a little bit uh, condescending or, or patronizing to say to any professional out there, but just being on time is something that does not require talent and does differentiate you. Now, think about this. If a homeowner is calling five people out there, there's probably three people of the five or maybe two people of the five that are not even returning the call. So now that all of a sudden puts you in a position that you're one in two or one in three. Then the question is when you do set the meeting with them, uh, are you on time? And I would say one of the three or two of the three at most are on time. Now, if you think about this and the dynamic of this, if you're the only person of the five on time, how does that make the client feel? How does that differentiate you from the pack. It gives you a big advantage. So if you can just adopt a mentality and mindset of always, always, always be on time, then you're going to have an advantage. And it really doesn't require any talent, no special degree, no training. All you need to do is be on time. Number two on the list was listen. Now, we've heard of the 80-20 rule However, one of the things salespeople do, and oftentimes just humans do, is they talk too much. 
They don't listen. They talk. And a good rule of thumb in the 80-20 rule is, in fact, you want to be listening 80% of the time and talking 20%. Now, if you think about this kind of on a very simplistic way, by you listening to the client, number one, they love to talk about themselves. They love to talk about the project. By you listening to the client, the client is going to tell you through that listening process, what you need to do to guide them to the right solution, but also on how you, in fact, have the right experience for them. So simply by listening more and try to do this a little bit more consciously, don't do it just as a concept, you check it off and then you ramble, ramble, ramble. Try to be more conscious about listening. And a great way to listen is to ask questions. And if you have a list of what those questions are in advance, it'll help you even more. Number three is be empathetic. Now, this again, sounds like a simple kind of mom telling you just just start to care about others. But if you start to look at things through the other person's point of view, whether it is a client, whether it's one of your team members or one of your trade contractors, try to be more empathetic. I think if you show a little bit of empathy, it's going to create warmth in the relationship, but it's also going to create some trust. And more times than not, it's going to give you the insights that you're going to need to guide them along better, I think, in the sales process. Number four on the list that they sent is just be kind. Now, I know this sounds, again, very simplistic, but we all just need to be kind. I remember a little story before my mom passed away. She was reading a lot of books about heaven and what it was like uh, beyond being here on earth. And one of the things she was reading on, I saw on her nightstand there, was a book about heaven. And I said to her, Mom, what is the, what is what are you learning about this notion of heaven? And she said something I'll never forget. She said, you know, Mark, I really am not really sure other than I know it's important to be kind. And I really, really hit a chord for me. And I think if everyone tries to be a little bit more kind, it doesn't require talent to be kind. You know, try not to be defensive in situations. Just try to be kind. And I think it'll go a long way in terms of you in the, in the sales process as well. Um, number five on the list was just effort. You know, you want to push a little bit harder. You don't want to assume, for example, no is not doing the project. You want to put a little bit more effort, have a little bit more energy, a little bit more, push a little bit harder in situations. You'll be shocked the number of people that when you're in the red zone, so to speak, and you're on the three-yard line or the two-yard line, that you can push it into the end zone if, in fact, you just push a little bit more effort in the process. Uh, Number six on their their top 10 list of things that require zero talent is body language. Now, this is not an easy thing for everybody. Matter of fact, I would even encourage, you know, actually look at yourself. And when you're watching, for example, your your, uh, Zoom calls or you're doing using kind of the, the video technologies now, try to be more conscious of your body language. You know, it's amazing. Clients can see right through you and having the right body language, showing the enthusiasm, showing that you're understanding what they're saying. 
uh, smiling as opposed to not, uh, it's always going to make a difference. And at the end of the day, that body language is somewhat contagious and it allows the client to get even more enthusiastic about what they're doing. Uh, number seven is energy. Now, I know it's tough out there, it's overwhelming out there, but when it comes to the sales process in particular, you've got to dig deep. You got to show some energy. You got to have some energy. So whether you're going to gain that energy from your health and your fitness or whether you're going to just literally go deep into that deposit kind of tank, so to speak, and whenever you're in that opportunity, that selling opportunity to dig deep and get that energy out and express that energy, that energy, again, that's what people are excited about. When you go overboard showing that energy and caring about the prospect, that is something that will help to differentiate you. Number eight is passion. You know, passion is something that you have to show you're not only passionate about the client, you're passionate about remodeling, you're passionate about design, you're passionate about construction and quality, you're passionate. And if you show that passion, that passion again will come out in the sale. Number nine on the list, it's important to be coachable. Now, if you think about this, uh, are you an amateur or are you a pro? When I ask audiences that question, most people say that they're a pro. But the reality is, are you really a pro? You know, pro athletes have coaches. Do you have a coach? Are you a student of success? Are you a student of sales? Are you investing time to improve yourself? You know, one of the tips there is just start to make some appointments to yourself. Literally, treat yourself with the same degree of importance and reverence that you do your clients, and you will see improvement. Even if it's 1% improvement a week over the course of a year, you're going to be 50% better than what you are now. So you've got to be coachable. Think about it again in a tennis match. You know, those pro athletes have up in the stand two or three coaches. They have not only a skills coach, they also have a coach that's focused on strategies and then someone that's oftentimes more of just a a therapist up there trying to help them with all the head trash that happens in a in a professional sporting activity. So be coachable. Invest in, in time and energy in coaches, and I think that makes a big difference. And then number 10 on my list is exceed expectations. Now, those are two simple words, but if you can, can, if you can commit to exceeding expectations just by 1%, 1%, if someone says, for example, that, uh, you know, or you say to someone that you're going to get back to them at five o'clock on something, you know, send it to them at four o'clock. Three of a four thirty, you know, get it to them a little bit early. Always exceed the expectations. Now today we're in an environment, you know, going back to number one of being on time. You know, you getting to the house, you know, twenty thirty minutes early is not necessarily exceeding expectations. That's just being annoying. But you do want to get there a minute or two early. Always look for a little bit of an opportunity to exceed expectations. And if you really think about it fundamental trust comes from 
people that you work with that always exceed the expectations. It's not only something you count on, it's more efficient, but you also have a different kind of relationship with that individual. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening to this little uh, special series within Remodeling Mastery that I'm calling Remodeling Sales Mastery. And I'm going to be doing several parts of this. So do tune in when you see it being blasted out to you or subscribe and you can get this automatically. So take care of everyone.